0: Hello and welcome to 2023. Hi, I'm Paul, and we're back with the driving mall. Yes, we've had a bit of hi- a hiatus, um, but we are now back uh, and ready for the uh, new year. It's all been a bit busy in the run up to uh, to Christmas, uh, and uh, then a bit of a bit of a kind of. Uh, uh, a de or, or stress after Christmas, and now we are back into it. And uh, joining us, oh, I'm Paul. I've said, like I said, i Paul. You anyway, know, I'll be your main host this evening. As you can tell, I'm out of practice, so um, uh, so Steve, you're really gonna have to uh, to help me, to help me tonight. How are do you doing, sir? Yeah, very good, thank you, Paul,
3: and happy new year to yourself and uh, all those tuning into the driving mall. And as always, it's a privilege to be uh, privilege and a pleasure to be here for your very first show
0: of the 2023 season thank you and i was wondering if you yeah i thought you're gonna slip there and not and forget the pleasure of it i was gonna say wow he's he's so out of practice he even got his he even got his catchphrase wrong geez but no no uh, ever the uh, professional uh there with that one uh good evening christopher edwards bailey who's joined us um thank you yes so we had a, i had a good christmas um with had my parents over from france so first time seeing them in a couple of years due to covid um with that one uh and um and uh, with uh, with that one, uh, and um, and also my uh, my daughters as well. Stephen, did you uh, manage to get around all the family around you for Christmas? Yeah, a little bit popped down to the Hawks Bay, um, not
3: your normal sunny Hawks Bay, I must admit it was a little bit cool down there, but in, certainly in, um, enjoyed our, our our time away, but back up in the 09 for, uh, to see the new year in, but I, I've got to say it's uh, for anybody tuning into the show, and if you haven't been following our weather, it's been a very, very wet summer, maybe not around the rest of the country, but definitely in the 09.
0: Uh, it has been an absolute disaster over here in the, uh, over here in Waihi, in the sort of the Coromandel Bay of Plenty, Haraki Plains, Waihe, uh WaiCast, whatever you call us. We're on the border of so many places. Um, and uh, yes, and especially with the, um, uh, especially with all of the, um, uh, the sort of storm that's coming through now. Christopher, wait, your parents are French. No, my parents are English. So they just happen to live in France. Uh, there's this, yes, it's an immigration thing, you know, people move around the world a lot. Um, so that's why i sound english because i am from england um or british uh but, uh but i've lived overseas a lot um as well um with that one um where are we uh where where should we um get it obvious i have not been um watching i've been, sort of had a, a t- pretty much a total rugby detox um for for most of christmas um been uh, for those of you who follow me on the socials you'll have seen my wooden stables and uh farm buildings um that i've that, that i've been selling so that's really what I've been doing, but uh, but it's time to get into it. Things to talk about today. Well, um, clearly, we've had change, coaching changes at England and Wales, um, plus uh, uh, some uh, a fun article from stuff about who they think will be coaching a few of the countries after the Rugby World Cup. So we're going to look well ahead. Yes, yeah, starting 2023 by looking at 2024. I mean, hey, let, 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 let's just wish our lives away. Um Also... Um as it's the beginning of the year, we've got a list of all the all blacks who are going to be out of contract this year. So how many of those will be sticking around after the World Cup? We'll um we'll have a chat about that. Um and then Stephen and I, well, depending on how time's going, have a chat also about um what we hope for, what we uh what we expect from uh, 2023, what it's gonna bring us um from a uh, from a rugby point of view, um hopefully. Um and hopefully we'll talk mainly about things on the pitch rather than uh, well, we expect five five Premiership five Premiership teams to go uh, bankrupt or anything silly like that, um, which because <laughs> off the pitch stuff so, uh, is uh, is kind of nuts as well. Have you been on a rugby detox, Stephen, or have you been keeping up with what's going on in Europe and uh, another rugby?
3: No, not really. I must admit, since the uh, autumn series uh, finished, just really been uh, just following some of. The the stories and the speculation, obviously, uh, at the end of that uh, autumn series, there was a lot of speculation in and around Eddie Jones. Would he be in a job? Would he be out of a job? Well, it's uh, it's. It's basically been seen that he's currently out of a job and a new coach has has stepped in. So just watching those little stories, um, seeing who's available for the next uh, uh, Rugby World Cup and, of course, keeping an eye on all those predictions for 2023. Of course, uh, the Rugby World Cup something we've got to look forward to uh, later this year. And uh, I've got to say, some teams looking very good. Some teams may come in undercover and uh, some teams need a lot of work
0: uh, leading into this year's uh, RWC. So, well, you've touched it already. Yes. Eddie Jones um, has uh, got um, got sacked by England or, or, or left by mutual agreement or whatever happened. Anyway, he left. Um, and uh, let's be honest, one of Eddie Jones's um, things on his bucket list is to win the Rugby World Cup as a head coach. And he's not managed to. Obviously, he's been taken uh, both Australia uh, and England to the uh, Rugby World Cup final, but lost on both occasions uh, and has also... Uh, been to the Rugby World Cup final as a consultant with South Africa and won it with them. But uh, uh, let's be honest, on his bucket list is to is to win the Rugby World Cup as a head coach. Um, so let's be honest, he uh, definitely would have liked to have stuck around with England uh, and it wasn't his choosing um, to go. Uh, looking at the people who were going to replace him, I think Steve Borthwick was the only choice that they could make, to be honest with you. Um, if you're one year after Rugby World Cup, you need someone who actually knows the... Uh, the, the setup, which he does as he's been an, as he used to be assistant coach to Eddie Jones, someone who knows the uh, England, England players in the English league. Well, he does because he's had been head coaching uh, at Leicester Tigers. Um, whereas if you look at the people, the other, the other names that are being mentioned around that, such as Razor or um, uh, or Ron Nogara or those sort of and some of the other names that are there, those people aren't actually it, ha- haven't been part of the England uh, rugby setup, international rugby, and also. Um, and uh, and also aren't actually part of the England league, so I think bringing someone like Razor in, his uh, his his learning curve will be much much steeper. Um, now his potential peak might be higher, but I think uh, in the time frame for World Cups, um, Stephen, I don't think there was any other choice really than Stephen Borthwick. Oh, very much so. You, you
3: know, and you've also got to be quite impressed the way that he's turned Leicester Tigers around, Paul, um, turned them into a champ- championship winning side after the previous previous year, looking like they should have been relegated down into the, the championship division. He's pretty well respected, um, and you kind of look around at some of the other other coaches, you know, you could have probably looked at the Exeter coach, or else the coach from, from Saracens, but I think Borthwick, you know, he's got a great uh, international uh, record with England as a, as a player, and like I say, pretty well respected, and um, Listen, I've been impressed by the way he's hes sort of come in and whilst he, people are saying he's he swung the axe and he's moved a couple of people on and the, the likes of uh, of the Proud, Matthew Proudfoot and the Australian Brett Hodgson, originally from Rugby League out of the NRL, was Brett Hodgson, but uh, he's kept a couple of guys in, in terms of Martin Gleeson and also Richard Cockle, who he probably would have played a little bit of rugby with as well. So he knows those guys reasonably well, but he's also... Uh, uh, brought in a little bit of uh, of new blood as well into this England team. Kevin Sinfield, former uh, Great Britain rugby league international. Um, um, sorry, Richard Cockwell, who he's brought in, and also Martin Gleeson. Sorry, beg your pardon. He had not got rid of those guys. He's actually brought those guys guys in. So he's swung the X, but not much. I don't think you could. I don't think you could go too overboard in this situation. A year up from RWC, and of course, yeah, the- no. The
0: uh, six nations, yeah. I think the only obviously yeah, The six nations is, is coming up pretty soon, it'd be early Feb. Um, I was, looking at, I was looking at thinking, wow, look, international rugby is back before super rugby, and it's like, yes, it is. <laughs> so yeah, that's early Feb. Um, that that he hasn't got much time before, yeah, before his uh, first game. Um, but if you look at that, uh, that that coaching setup there, when you look at, um, uh, you got Kevin Sinfield, Richard Cockrell, Martin Gleason, um, and uh, and uh, Nick Evans as well. I mean, um, Kevin Sinfield coming from a rugby league background. Um, now, Richard Cockle lots of uh, coaching experience, um, obviously with Leicester Tigers uh, for a while as well, uh, and also up in Scotland uh, for um, Edinburgh. Um, but uh, yeah, not lots of international experience uh, in there as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, there with the, with um, Borthwick taking that one um, on his um, on his own. Um, the um, and uh, he's going to be around also for five years. So look, I, I did not think that whoever whoever signed up for England had to sign up for five years and say, look, I'm going to do two rugby World Cups. You can't just expect me to just turn the around in one year and then then judge me. You've got to give me t- you've got to give me time. So I think that was also the right decision. Um, Christopher Edwards Bailey says there that uh, he'd like to Wayne Smith um, with um, both taking over after a World Cup. Look, I think Wayne Smith has retired uh, from from international from, from coaching or full time coaching. Um, I'm sure he will do um, a little bit uh, here and there, uh, and consulting and that kind of stuff, uh, and and also giving back to the uh, to the community. As I say, uh, he did pop down to Whitey Rugby Club for a couple of sessions uh, for, of, um, before he was um, with the uh, with Black Ferns. So look, um, uh, but I, I think he's essentially retired from uh, professional coaching now. So yeah, I couldn't I couldn't see him wanting to uproot, uproot himself, um, especially with all the global uncertainty around travel and stuff uh and head over to england for um um for this so i think now i think that was all all the right setup um so england gone there for the with, for, for for an english coaching setup after a foreign coach given in five years wales on the other hand have gone um for a uh, got have gone for another um new zealand coach to replace uh, wayne pivak um who uh, who left um and uh, also uh, have but I've also only signed Warren Gatland for one year. So a different approach here with Warren Gatland. And again, I think the right kind of approach. they have gone for someone who knows the setup, who knows Wales, Welsh rugby, who will still know a lot of the players uh, having been there um, for so long. So again, I think um, Warren Gatland was really the only choice, again, that makes sense for Wales. And I think a one-year contract is probably a good idea as well. Uh, I'm not sure. Do they want to try and wind um the clock back and have Warren Gatland in for five years? I'm not sure that's a good move. I, th- um, I think they probably should be looking to replace him after one year. um but I think uh, he was um doing uh, well, director of rugby role uh, at um the chiefs when he'd been hired as head coach. and obviously he got uh, um he stepped aside to uh, for um uh, for Clayton Mcmillan there. Uh, and was assisting Clayton Malin with that. police but also was working on pathways. And look, pathways in Super Rugby are not the same as pathways, or uh, in a uh, a club like Leinster or a, or rugby club in in England where they have their own academies. Uh, basically, they have these have players from school. Uh, New Zealand setup is, is very different to that for um, for Super Rugby. Um, so I, I yeah, I, I guess he wasn't. It always felt like a holding position for me for Aaron Gatlin, until his next role came up, rather than. Uh, that's where he would be for a long time um, on that one. Um, but um, uh, so ag- again, he's, uh, he's he's cleared out a couple of coaches with uh, Stephen Jones and Gareth Jenkins, um, both um, making way um, there. Um, but um, it uh, does look like Jonathan Humphreys and Niall Jenkins are staying on. And Neil Jenkins uh, was working for with Warren Gatland. Uh, so I'm not surprised to see him still there. Uh, interesting to hear that um, Rob Howley is expected to come back. Um, now, obviously, he, he had to leave the Welsh setup during the 2019 Rugby World Cup or just before the 2019 Rugby World Cup due to uh, gambling um, issues. Um, so, uh, interesting to see his rehabilitation uh, and uh, coming back to um, to the top table there. Uh, and then also possibly Paul Gustard, the former England defence coach, former Harlequins head coach, um, another... Uh, in in there as well, because um, Gatland's ex-defense coach is, and I've just gone blank to his name, is now the defense coach for France. With um, so he he lost isn't available. Um, Sean Edwards. Is that right? I think that's right. Sean Edwards. Um, so um, uh, so yeah. So look, it's uh, I think it's a, it's a good setup there. Uh, I mean, quality quality international coach he's bringing back in, or people who know the setup with Rob Howley, um, Paul Gustard, obviously. Um, done some great work uh at, at at international level so i think also um another you know another, another good move by wales um and boy oh boy captain has got his work cut out for him over the next uh well the next 11 months <laughs> yep i c- c- certainly agree uh, you know right guy to go to
3: got experience he knows the you did right he knows the whale setup and really and truthfully, they needed somebody with experience. Would have been tough for a completely new young coach to to come in. He would have had to have formed his own team. At least Gatman can go back to guys that he that he actually knows. I think you will have still have a reasonable um, sense on what talent he has available. In uh, in, in Wales, of course, uh, the likes of Wayne Pivak didn't quite uh, you know get the get the results and that uh, the Welsh people were were, were wanting for their, their national team. So um, in, that, in, that, in that respect uh, yeah probably the right way moving forward. I just sort of wanted to also touch on um, just on Nick Evans as well. It was remiss of me not to mention Nick Evans joining the uh, English setup. I, listen, I think that's a great pickup. We all know what a, a great attacking player he was when he played over here in New Zealand for the uh, both the Highlanders and, and the Blues, but also in Harlequins we're very, very well respected being part of their their setup as well and I think he will bring something different. To this uh, England rugby team, because you know, mark my words, they can they can play a wider game when they want to. We, you know, we saw we uh, saw evidence of that in that uh, exciting twenty five all draw with the uh, All Blacks at uh, at Twickenham, where they basically threw caution to the wind and scored some fantastic tries, and uh, you know they really did open the All Blacks up. So it shows you that they actually have got the the, the talent at wide. So I think that'll be a a great challenge for. Uh, for the for the likes of uh, Nick Ev- Evans, and uh, I'll be I'll be really interested to see how England go in the, uh, the Six Nations. Uh, Paul, I think they probably go in there a little bit. There's um, a little bit under the radar. I think all eyes will be on Ireland and France, but uh, I think England. I think they can only improve and take some confidence moving forward.
0: Yeah, you with know, with Ireland and France being one and two in the world, clearly they go in as heavy favourites to the um the, to the six nations yeah interesting nick nick, nick evans obviously not um uh obviously he's not been at this level um and uh, it's relatively it's only about two or three what, a couple of years out, out since he was playing or it feels like that anyway maybe it's maybe it's like three or four now maybe i'm just showing my age that so uh, that time flies um uh, but uh but yes um the uh, Chris is saying, "Yeah, to be watching Charles since 2016. The first time I see me take my hat off, yeah, I know. I just took my jump, my, my hoodie off because I, I was too warm." Um, yep. I'm, ex- I'm, so I'm right. actually trying, Christopher. I'm trying to get him to wear a cheese cutter, but he just, just won't go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too, it looks maybe, too much like picky, picky blinders. Maybe this <laughs> maybe we'll have a change when this hat wears out. We'll see. Um, so, uh, so, so they had a bit of an int- a bit of a fun one um, on uh, on stuff. Uh, say who will be coaching the All Blacks, Australia and Scotland in 2024? Now, um, I think it's pretty clear that um, both the All Blacks uh, and the Wallabies um, will be having uh, a change of coach after the, uh, the next Rugby World Cup. Um, I can't see uh, Ian Foster or Dave Rennie getting extended, um, even if they do win the Rugby World Cup. Oh, I, was about, I was about to. About, about to say that could be the little asterisk uh,
3: beside that comment, Paul. If they if they win the if they win the World Cup, but uh, I think for all intensive purposes, I think it might be a case of both coaches moving on.
0: Yeah, and look, I, I think what after the last Rugby World Cup, I think we've the, that's, uh, the the we saw with people like um, Jamie Joseph, um, uh, Dave Rennie. Uh, we also had. Um, uh and um warren i mean they all kind of a lot of these uh head coaches had got their next gigs lined up ahead of time you can't wait until after every world cup and go okay who's available now please to take over it's something you need to sort out pre Rugby world cup um if you leave it till then then everyone's got their jobs already lined up so uh yeah to me it would be i I think you've, you've got to replace ian foster even if you don't announce it um prior to the Rugby World Cup, you can't be doing it, uh, waiting till after the World Cup and, and trying to sort it out kind of in December, January, uh, because, so I say, uh, the people that you want will be, uh, if they're not actually in your setup already, they will have um, got themselves other other jobs. Now, um, looking at this, they went and said that the All Blacks want to, want to have a, um, uh, a, a a coach who has got Super rugby and test experience, uh, which is um, interesting. Yes, says hit it it on the head. Speculation that Jamie Joseph will be the next All Blacks head coach. Now, that one kind of surprised me when they went down that route. Um, They said probably Dean's the other person who fits the bill, but uh, Dean seems happy in Japan. Um, And I must admit, last time uh, when they were uh, appointing the head coach uh, for the All Blacks, I said, look, I wouldn't be. Going by head coach, I'd be going by um, assistant coach, um, and then saying, right, who does he want to have as the head coach? Um, and um, having, having Brown uh, in that um, uh, in that role. But um, what are your thoughts, Stephen? Do you think Jamie Joseph is the front runner, or do you think uh, or, or, or Razor or somebody else? And you can, you've, you've, it's, it's good to see we're back to the classic Stephen leading himself unmuted. Um, we don't, nothing changes here, even though even even uh, even in the new year. Well, I was actually wondering when I was going to get a turn, so I thought it could be
3: could be a while, so I had to meet myself. (laughs) Sorry about that, Paul. Um, Yeah, for me, I I'm not sure if Jamie Joseph. Is in the running. I mean, so it's interesting to read that speculation from no- Nocturnal Rights. So I wonder if that's something that's being um um fostered in uh in in maybe nocturnal
0: fostered that himself um out of somewhere. No, sure i haven't... Okay, this, this is who stuff things, stuff thinks that um have nocturnal. Agree.
3: nocturnal they, I do apologize if 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 if, that, if that's the case. Um for me it will be a surprise, but boy it'll, that would just be an absolute snub to scott robertson wouldn't it or is it was or was it the case of, the, of new zealand rugby sticking to their
0: policy that they actually want to see robertson go and coach an international team there might be that um what really surprised me though was that, they, that there is there's there is a there's a, a guy with international head coaching experience in the in the in the all black setup at the moment um who they didn't kind of mention as being sort of on on the shortlist and i would have thought that schmidt would have been uh actually the person that the all-blacks are uh, would would like to take over or the not the all Blacks, sorry, the new zealand rugby as you say you said Rugby wants scott robertson to go overseas and get in get international experience before he comes back and then um coaches um the all-blacks um and, yeah. as you say that's, that's that's what they want so i thought joe schmidt um someone who's in the all-black setup uh, has got the international experience with ireland um was 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 very successful was, was successful there okay not at rugby world cups but outside of that he did bring Ireland on a long way um and uh, so I'm a bit surprised that he isn't being mentioned and being talked about as uh as, as a potential all blacks um head coach post rugby world cup now for this one round he said he look he was wanting to stay he wants to spend more time with his family one of his children. Um, I'm not quite sure what the right term is whether it, whether it's a disability or a or sick or what it is. Anyway, but they needed more family time. Um, now seeing him, uh, now initially that was just consulting with the Blues, and that seemed like, yep, okay, that's that would work. You still, get lots of family time. With that now he's actually officially part of the All Blacks setup. It looks like he's he's ready to go back into professional coaching full time. Um, uh, I, I would have thought I would have thought uh, that um, Joe Schmidt is uh, is is up there as a, as a as a as a good chance to be the next All Blacks coach. Yeah, true.
3: We problem is we just don't know his circumstances at the moment. If he's put his family first, then all very well. But it's sort of like a, a little bit quiet on the western front. But boy, that's a that's a pretty handy coach to have in your stables. So so for for me, I still view Scott Robertson as as the favourite. But you know, now that you mentioned the international experience side of things, yeah, sure. Jamie Joseph is he's probably a contender. This Dave Rennie coming into that group of group as well? I'm I'm probably not so sure. Dave may have burnt burnt a few bridges with 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 rugby rugby New Zealand. He's he's got international experience. Or dare I say it, the man who's gone up and coached Wales, Warren Gatland. <laughs> he's always expressed his desire to coach 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 the All Blacks. Hardly been hardly set the world on fire since he's come back to New Zealand with 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 the Chiefs. So boy, maybe we shouldn't be so surprised about Jamie Joseph. Done some pretty amazing things with Japan as a. Has a good um, sort of uh, wingman in Tony Brown as as well, who I would imagine if you if you if you took uh, uh, Jamie Joseph, you'd bring a uh, 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 Tony Brown, quite an inventive coach, a little bit of a uh, got a bit of Wayne Smith about him, hasn't he? When it when it so, sort of come to comes to tactics and, and strategy, so yeah, actually it's it, it's actually it's actually got me it's got me thinking, and maybe maybe Jamie Joseph is the clear favourite based
0: on the criteria. Well, you're going. For, I, I'm putting Joe Schmidt as, as, uh, as who I think it will be. You're going with Jamie Joseph. Um, now with Dave Rennie. Look, I don't think he's he's struggled with um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, the return of John Mitchell as well. Oh, now that was. <laughs> I don't think we'll see him as in the All Blacks coaching setup. To be honest, um, the but I, I don't think he's been successful enough with the Wallabies. Uh, now look, he's been played with masses of injuries. Uh, I don't think it's all his fault. Um, but um, but yeah, I don't think he would do. Warren Gatland, as you say, came back, wasn't successful with the Chiefs. Uh, that was a um, uh, that was uh, that th- th- that was a problem. So yeah, I can't see him. Uh, I-, I can't see him really being in the running um, either. Uh, so to me, it is it's between Jamie Joseph, Joe Smith, um, and um, and Razor are the three um, that are in it. But I think, as you say, Razor would have signed up for for an overseas job um, before before then. So moving on then to Australia um, with um with Rennie. Uh, yeah, not so much Renny. Rennie will be lining up a, a, a Japan club role. Maybe we'll um, we'll have to see where he goes. But um I was, I was about I was about to to say Paul it's not exactly a
3: flowing in, in, in endorsement when your uh, your Australian rugby uh, chairman Hamish McLennan basically comes out and says he's a big admirer of uh, of Eddie Jones. So it's hardly giving you the <laughs> it's hardly giving Rennie the stamp of approval. Um if you if you if you know what I mean and, and really Rennie's only chance is probably maybe to take the wallabies deep into the rugby world cup. I know he's well liked and 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 well well respected. Um, you know, it almost might be the perfect time for Eddie to pick up that Wallaby team. To be honest, he could actually end up picking a very good Wallaby team because we, you consider the amount of depth that Rennie has. If there's one thing that Rennie has done, he's actually created a lot of depth. And even if you think back to that end of season tour, you know, bar a couple of bad couple of minutes in the last few minutes of, of the game against Ireland. Uh, Italy, where they had the opportunity to win the game with a, a last-minute—is uh, uh, it penalty goal or con- conversion? It might have been a conversion. And um, also the game against France, they could have won all those games. And a good, a good point from uh, um, from Nocturnal Rights, Scott uh, uh, Wise Mental was uh, you know is is highly regarded as a as a tacking coach. So boy, that was a to me that when I actually saw that, I thought to myself. Something's not quite right there, Paul, because he's a he's a very very good coach, and even uh, Wise Mentel must realise what sort of talent that they've got coming through in uh, Australian rugby. So a little bit of a surprise he's moved aside, especially a year out from a World Cup.
0: Yeah, maybe he's right writing the wall that, there's no, that, uh, that there isn't some uh, uh, kind of uh, long term security where he is now, and uh, has decided that. Uh, uh, a good offer has come up that he can't re- that uh, he can't refuse under that situation and has gone for it. Um, yeah, look, everyone is talking about Eddie Jones basically being the Wallabies coach post Rugby World Cup. It seems to be a dumb deal already. Um, so I, yeah, I, that, that's who I think it's going to be. I'm not sure who else is in the running. I mean, obviously Razor would be one option, um, but um, does is uh, it, it, is the Wallabies coaching role uh, a stepping stone to the All Blacks coaching role? Uh, it hasn't been for the uh, for, for for kiwi coaches have gone there so far. So um it'll be interesting to see um who uh, actually um uh, see, see where he goes and what is seen as being a stepping stone. Um but um so yes, yeah, so I don't think uh that um that, 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 that Razor would, would take it uh and then I'm not sure who else there really is um available for the um uh for the wallabies to to take. So I think it's really yeah Eddie Jones's job there, I just can't. I can't see who else is kind of uh, wanting it um, enough um, to uh, to take on what is, let's be honest, a bit of a problem role uh, in that um, we've seen Australian or well, Australian rugby um, has seen as as, as as basically had been on a, a downward slide of results over over the last uh, well last four or five coaches basically since Robbie Deans Siren Jones with Eddie Jones to ins- for the USA. <sighs> Look, it could happen, but to me, as I say, as I said at the top of the show, Eddie Jones wants to win a Rugby World Cup, and he ain't doing that with the USA. <laughs> he could do it with Wallabies. He ain't doing it with the USA. And he's got one more shot, basically, which is that, that, to, to, to my mind. Um, he's 62 now. Uh, what, that makes him 66 come the next Rugby World Cup. Um, seventy. Uh, it's getting a bit long in the tooth, isn't it? Really, to be coaching a um, an international rugby team. So I think he's got one more shot at it, um, and uh, I, I can't see it. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be Paris, or not going to be sorry France. It's the one after that, uh, and that's his that's that's his final shot to me.
3: I I I think that um, that loss in the two thousand and nineteen Rugby World Cup to uh, to South Africa, I, I suspect that cut very deep. Uh, Paul with uh, with with Eddie, Eddie Jones, I just. You kind of listen. I'm I'm not an expert in in in, in human human behaviour, but um, I just suspect watching Eddie. You know, after the World Cup in the 2020 2021 season, I just saw a little bit of a, yeah, just almost like I saw a little bit of a change from from Eddie in, in and around, in and around his 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 personality. I think leading up to the World Cup, you know, he was pretty confident about where England. England stood, going into the 2019 World Cup, it obviously geared so much of winning that World Cup about beating the All Blacks. He probably felt, gee, if we can get past the the All Blacks, we can we can actually take that out, take this out. And I must admit, going into that final, I actually thought um, thought they were the team to beat, but South Africa showed they they're a great, they're a grand uh, tournament team. They know how to 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 win all these win all these big games. And I'm very much like you, Paul. I think he's I think he really, really wants to, <clears throat> he really wanted to win that World Cup, but um, unfortunately for Eddie, there's a lot of players in this in the England squad from that 2019 uh, World Cup team who'd been around, you know, you talk about the Vunipolo brothers, uh, Mario Otoje, uh, players like that, Carl Sinclair, who'd, who'd been part of the squad for a while and you almost could suspect that he almost got the got the best out of him but I don't think there were there, I think there were a few areas in that England back line that he'd never really addressed I mean to say playing Colin Colin uh, I was going to say Colin Farrell he'd be a hell of a rugby player but he's a he's a better actor playing Owen Owen Farrell um, at, at, at second five and there were little things that it just it just seemed to me it was just very limited around his his, his back back division Attack on saying that that England pack is a very very good pack, but uh, unfortunately the losses started to stack up, and I think that was probably his undoing at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, to me, uh, Cole Sinclair getting um, knocked out or, or or having to leave with concussion or um, or head had injury protocol early in that Rugby World Cup final was the was the nail in the was was the big difference um, for England losing him then. Um, the Yes, and you're right. And that's going to be Borthwick's key thing, isn't it? How did he sort out that back line? It's going to be interesting. Christopher Bezos says, look, he he wouldn't have got rid of any this close to every World Cup. I agree. They shouldn't be changing coaches this close. You're quite right. After Six Nations last year was the latest, you should have been replacing head coaches. Um, It shows a problem at your CEO or um, level if you're leaving it that late. Now, there's all these excuse, all, all these kind of things of, oh, it's a COVID, they've not had the opportunities, you couldn't get rid of them earlier, blah, blah, blah. Well, hey, it is what it is. But I want to move on from those guys. Uh, Paul, Paul, I was going to uh, say, I've just got a quick question for Christopher Edwards Bailey. Christopher, who would you actually
3: play at first five in, in this uh, singling team? Because for me, I, I'd still have Farrell at first five every day of the week and, and, and twice on Sunday. And I'd probably, you know, if you were going to bring Marcus Smith on, I, I think you'd probably bring him on in the in the last 20, 20 minutes or so. We know what an ex- exciting talent it is, but I don't think England have just really, really settled. It's, it's, ironically, it's very similar to the All Blacks. I don't think they've actually settled on that sort of second-five-centre combination. Of course, they brought Manu, Manu Tuolangi back, but, you know, for me, Manu Tuolangi is, is a place that, it, it's it's to money too. long he is a place that's sort of maybe his better days have, have passed him, and I, I feel horrible saying that. I, I I hate saying that because these are these are these are players who I know they they train hard as as professionals to stay in there because it seems to me England have always seemed to have great outside backs. You know, you look around the you look around the Premiership, and boy, there's some good outside backs running around.
0: Yeah, Christopher. Christopher agrees with you. Look, I mean that's been that's been sort of England's problem since 2011. Is that they've been waiting for Manu Tuilangi to be fit? <laughs> it's been a decade or more of waiting for him to be fit, and it's been really unfortunate for the guy um, that uh, that he hasn't been fit um, since then because he, the, the promise uh, that that he had uh, as an international player in his in his early years was, was amazing. Um, he was one of the players who did scare the All Blacks, <laughs> um, and uh, he was uh, he was a very good player, but unfortunately, injuries. Um, have ruined his international career, um, unfortunately, um, on that one. So, um, Christopher agrees. Yep, yeah, put Owen Farrell at ten um, on, uh, on on that one. Now, okay then. So we've we've basically we've basically agreed then that that Razor isn't going to be the All Blacks head coach or the Wallabies head coach. We've just said the England head coach is is tied up for the next five years. Um, Farrell as the Ireland head coach is going well. I can't see him uh moving on either so he's around for another he's around for another cycle that ties up that that job um i can't see uh france i think they've got a good good head coach set up there that i can see them rolling that over for two
2: selling a little or a lot
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Um, for, for, for another Rugby World Cup cycle, which is brand new for them, they always, they, they've, they've never had a coach that length of time in, in recent years. I can't see South Africa having a New Zealand coach either, so that kind of removes that. Um so I mean, where can Razor go? I mean that basically leaves Italy or Scotland um or Argentina as kind of uh uh as as tier one nations. Um now stuff thinks that Craig at Townsend was going after the World Cup and that he's gonna take over there. Um Stephen, where where can you is, is is there actually a seat? Is is there a place for Razor to go and um also, I guess Wales as well. If, uh, if if Gatland is only there for one year, listen, he's 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 he, he's too good a coach for,
3: to be overlooked anywhere around the world. I suppose you did probably for me Scotland. I, I still think Australia are a chance. I know that sounds a little little crazy, and they probably want they want Eddie Jones, but you know, I, like you, like you say before, I you know I don't know if. You know, will Eddie Jones gel with these with Australian side? We know that Australian rugby players can be a little bit uh, temperamental. You know, this this is a kind of a wide generation rugby player that we deal with, and that's you know that's the only thing we've heard. You know, we've heard the stories out of the England camp that Eddie Eddie can be quite quite brutal I mean, I think we heard the, we, I think we heard the stories about one of the one of the players he said he gave him a nice steak and the player got home and found that they were sausages <laughs> you know so I don't know whether you know that I don't know whether that's just being a prankster or mentally getting in a, a play, player player's head I think you know I think Eddie to me is more the you He's sort of more of a man manager than, a, than, than an than an actual coach. I mean, so we heard stories about him when he coached the, the Japanese side. There was a, a doc documentary that he, you know, he pretty much ran those players into the ground. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, boys, how's that going to go down in, in Australia? I'm I'm not so sure. I think I still think Scott Robertson could be an outside chance to take Australia. Um, I, I, I would have maybe thought All Black coach, but. You know, if the if New Zealand rugby are happy to stick to their criteria, then I think he's
0: out of the running. So does he? But does, does he see the path to the All Blacks head coach through Australia, or does he see it through a lower tier one country like Scotland or Wales? Um, uh, mm. I guess that's the other question.
3: That, that, that's a that's a good point because my argument against that Jamie joseph actually took a, a lower tier nation in in terms in terms of japan so it kind of rams my argument out the window um so so to speak but you know i think you also want to take on, take on a team that's got a a realistic show to do well on the international stage year on year out but also have a real genuine crack at the uh, the rugby World Cup in uh, in, in 2027. Um, so boy, yeah, t- and I believe,
0: let's, yeah, Argentina, Italy, Scotland, Wales. They're not really uh, well at the moment, they're not looking like they would be, um, uh, that they, they would be they, they, they would be potential 2027 um, Rugby World Cup contenders. Uh, let's, um, let's be honest. But four years is a long time, um, and Razor has done some very good things with the Crusaders. Stuff thinks he's going to end up in Scotland, which would be an interesting one, um, to my mind. Um, because as you say, I can I can't see them as being rugby world cup contenders. And he said that he wants to win the rugby world cup twice with two different countries, um, which um, I don't know if that was just uh, kind of throwing toys out out the pram a little bit uh, and to uh, uh, and to, to sort of wind up New Zealand rugby. Um, head uh, head head shows there saying, Hey, look, if you don't take me, I'll take another, I'll take another team for a world cup and beat you there. Um, so it'll be uh, I'm not sure if that was where it was coming from, whether he actually does have ambitions to try and be the first head coach to, to, to win with two different countries, um, or the first head coach to win twice, put bluntly, um, then uh, maybe he does have ambitions to, to be to be to be that kind of person, I don't know, but uh, yeah, we'll have to, um, yeah, they say Scotland, none of them look. I can't see it being Italy. I can't because I, I And again, I can't see it being Argentina because um, both those countries just, uh, well, Arge- Italy just doesn't have the, have the, um, the depth um, to go. Well, uh, Argentina, since I got rid of the, since they were um, kicked out of Super Rugby or, or left Super Rugby, however you want to view it, um, uh, all their players are in Europe. So how often does he actually get to be a head coach and how much time is he actually spend being a negotiator? So do you really want to be in that environment? Um, as a as, as a head coach, so I think, yeah, Scotland or Wales is is where he will end up. Uh, interesting that stuff, it will be, be Scotland. Um, yeah, I mean that's how Dave. I mean Dave Rennie went through. Adam uh, went through Glasgow, went through Scotland to get his the Wallabies coaching role. So who knows? Maybe maybe that is the way. Mm. Um. Finally, let's have a look at so we talk about coaches. Time to um talk about players. There is a lot of All Blacks who uh, are coming out of contract this year. Um, and so uh, what I thought we would do is I look at those, and uh, Steve and I will say whether they're staying or going post-rugby um, World Cup um, on uh, this one. Um, uh, Simon does say that Argentina now have two super professional teams in the new Super Rugby America's competition. Yeah, we have to wait and see what level that competition is, don't we, uh, to be honest, and whether that, uh, whether those play- whether those players... Are in the international team or whether it's kind of a development place where players play then head to europe um, as they become part of the international team um, we have now we'll have to wait and see so here's a list of all of the um players over on the side there you can see the players that are contracted from to uh, 2024 onwards so we've got Severus, joe Mood, joe moody Stephen perifera caleb clark off of twang of Sony Takilaho, Ethan De Groot, Hoskins Tutu and Josh Lord, who are all contracted to 2024, with Cody Taylor, Patrick Topolotu, Topu Vaai, Geordie Barrett, Ardi Surveyor and Sam Kane through to 2025. So, the assumption is all of those players, well, are available and will be sticking around after the World Cup as they are contracted to do. Just to note there that um, uh, Ardy Surveyor um, has uh, got a sabbatical in 2024 for Super Rugby uh, and um, Jordy Barrett has the option in 2025 to take a Super Rugby sabbatical, but they can still play for the um, All Blacks. Um, the players over 30 um, all go overseas, is Simon's, um, Simon's guess. So probably trying to remember how old these players are um, <laughs> in some ways. Players who have already said they're going um, or were expected to go are Sam Whitelock, Richard Moanga, Aaron Smith, Bowdoin Barrett, Brody Ritalik, Peter Kusakula, Dane Coles and Shannon Frizell. I've put all in that column. Any there that you think um, shouldn't be in that column, Stephen? No, to be honest, i i i i can't
3: I can't really dis- disagree with uh, disagree with what with what with, with what I'm actually seeing there. I you know I would probably hope that you know they probably want want to try and keep as many players playing in New Zealand rugby, but it's just not realistic, especially after that uh, uh, twenty. Twenty-four season, the ones that are going make, makes a whole lot of sense that they should should stay. I'm am a little bit surprised somebody like um, I've got to admit, a bit surprised somebody like Offer Tuangafasi and uh, also Patrick Tuipurotu uh, are sticking around. They've been part of the first class team for a long long time, Paul. So that that kind of surprises me. Um, play, play, players of that, oh, you know, they're not exactly first-team starters and I think they can earn a heck of a lot more money
0: overseas so as opposed to staying in a uh, lock to a New Zealand contract. Sure, but uh, there's, there's more to it than just pure money. Uh, I mean, Matt Todd, I think, showed that because um, he's stuck around for a long time when he could have gone overseas and earned more money and wasn't picking up All Black's caps um, but uh, and eventually he did pick up some. Um, but it can also be about family as well. Patrick Topolotu, um has already had, has had a sabbatical over in Japan. Um, does he uh, is does he actually not want to go permanently overseas for a few years because he wants to stay closer to family, um, for example, uh, and just likes living in New Zealand? I mean, it's not all about it's not all about money. Some of these players, uh, some of it is about that uh, about that as well. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, would have, I was about to say I would imagine if you've got children.
3: You know, and if if they if they're basically settled, and you know, you only have to look at his contract in Japan. He, it was very short term, short term contract. He was he, he was back in the back in the country.
0: Could also be the lure of playing for the Blues as well, Paul. Um, that could be. <laughs> he uh, loves. I mean, actually, uh, actually they That could be the same. Actually, did the same thing as 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 and Barrett went over there for, a, for for one season as did Dave McKenzie. Uh, um, lots of players have done. Yeah, he just did. did the, yeah, the, the same as those guys did. And he's, and he's earned it by the number of years he's been here so to, to be allowed to do that. Yep. Um, okay, then. Um, I've said that Will Jordan will be staying because, um, hey, uh, he, he, to me, he's one of the best, if not the best, one of the best rugby players in the world. So if the All Blacks let him go at this age, that would be an absolute disaster. Um, any easy picks out of that? So that column D is what we're going to do. And basically, we're going to say stay or going out of that column D. Any easy ones there um, that you want to um, throw over? I would say someone like Fletcher Newell I think is a pretty definite one. He'll extend. Yeah. To my mind, he's he's young and still going, so I think he he'll definitely be staying. Uh, any other ones there that you want to sort of say yes? You, you, that, that's that. So that's a, that's a quick and easy one. Doesn't need discussion. I I think Quintupire will stay because um, he's he's he's
3: he's basically got a long term injury. I can't see um, somebody like Tupaya having that long term injury and an overseas. Uh, club wanting to, he'll need to, he'll want to reestablish himself in the in the 20, well, towards the latter part of the 2023 season, if he gets on the paddock uh, for Waikato and NPC and Super Rugby in 2024, I would imagine he'd stay. I think Tyrell Lomax, now that he's established himself, probably is the number one uh, tight head prop I'm picking that he'll stay.
0: Also, uh, uh, I think is another one of those young guys who will be yeah. sticking around building his career. A yep. bit like uh, Quintipire as well.
3: Yep, yep. Uh, Rico Iuani, I think you could you could arguably say he's now one of your
0: one of your more senior senior players. Yep. Um, um, I think I think Akira will probably stay as well. I, I can't see. It doesn't seem to be to me. Eight is a guy who needs to be around his family network and and is uh, likes to be around family. Um, I, I can't see Akira being one of those guys who would jump overseas until he kind of. Doesn't have all blacks. Aspir- uh, doesn't have all blacks play. I I I can see him staying personally. Yeah. You- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually trying to take out
3: the ones that I I'm relatively confident. I think who will who will stay. Yeah. Um. I, I I think both Scott Scott Barrett up the top up the top of the list. I think he'll stay. I think he's in, I think he's now probably. I think I don't think the All Blacks if they were to lose both Retalick and um and and White Lock. You know that boy that's a lot of experience gone and we know Scott Barrett is a is a player who is is more than useful if he has to jump into that four or five shoot. Um the other player I think will stay is Callum Grace. I think he's a I think he's a player who who's um whilst I think he's been in the all blacks injuries have have, have sort of cur- curtailed his his, his progress, and uh, I, I think he's actually one of the, the better line-out forwards uh, running around the, co- the country, certainly one of the better forwards on
0: opposition ball. We look through the rest of that list. I think so before, Blackett, before you go any further but, on, so my, my, my only thought about Cullen Grace is that he hasn't had the All Blacks opportunities that I think a lot of people would expect him to have had. Hmm. Um, so is he one of these players who goes, I'm not going to make it as an All Black, therefore I head overseas and get uh, and earn some money? That's my only thought around Cullen Grace. Um, I think he's definitely a quality operator, um, but has been stuck behind players um, uh, and has just struggled to break into that All Blacks environment. So that's yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm going to italicise Cullen Grace. I think there's a chance that he might, um, because of being being snubbed by the All Blacks. Carry um,
3: on. Yep, that could be that could be you could be you could be very much very much right there. Um, just heading it back across the list. I'll go to Jack Goodhue at the <laughs> top. I, I just I just suspect I just suspect with Jack. I, I think Jack could be looking overseas, unfortunately for, for New Zealand rugby. I think that, that injury sort of uh uh could curtailed uh, Jack a little bit just on Anton Leonard Anton Leonard Brown, um 20 20 27 years old. So both him and Jack Goodhue are are at a very very similar similar age, both you know, a lot of similarities, both coming back from uh, from in, in injury. So uh, yeah, it's boy, you, you'd you'd like to think that both of those guys would stick around, but there's also the case that I I think they could be both
0: going. Yeah, they're both going. I know now. You say I think I I think, I think Jack is more likely to go than Anton. Uh, I think he's had a series of injuries um, in there. Um, the, those two, um, obviously, along with someone like Quintipire, are all fighting it out for that twelve jersey because Rico Winey's got that thirteen jersey now. Uh, so, the um, I was about got- to say I'm
3: hoping in, I'm hoping in the case of Jack could hear the lure of uh, the tiny far jersey might uh, uh, keep him in the country. I don't know if it, <laughs> I don't know if the money will be the will be the temptation, but hey, we'll
0: see. Because <laughs> um, his 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 brother's just gone overseas, hasn't he? Yes, um, Josh headed up to uh, uh, Japan at the
3: end of the uh, just-gone super
0: season. So it could come down to how Josh settles overseas and, uh, is, and uh, kind of the experience that he has. Uh, and then Jack goes, ooh, actually, is, is it a good or a bad experience? It'll be interesting. To, yeah, who knows? Um, but, yeah. Um, so, again, so so you think you think Anton is, 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 is going as well? You know, both go?
3: No, no. I, I, you've made me change my mind. I think
0: Anton Leonard-Brown will stay. <laughs> okay, around those two um the I mean there, there are some interesting ones here Braden Enor um I wouldn't be surprised to see um see him him uh head overseas to be honest with you um I can't see him being a regular all-black um but then again uh I think th- this one comes down to a whether he wants to live overseas or whether he wants to live in New Zealand to, to my mind with Braden Enor so I think um um, so I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm going to, wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, head. But I, I, but I, but I wouldn't be. But um, I'm gonna, again, i again italicise him because it could go either way um, with him. Ethan Blackadder, um, I would suggest is staying. I think he's still young enough uh, and still and sort of making his name and making his way into the All Black environment.
3: Well, that, well, that's 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 interesting because in in um... In March this year, he'll be twenty-eight years old. In oh wow, in March, okay. yeah, in March uh, uh, 2020, 20, 2024, he will be uh, he'll be 29, 29 years old. So, you know, very 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 similar to both Anton Leonard Brown and Jack, and Jack Goodhue. They both turn twenty-nine in the year twenty twenty-four. So, whether that really determines whether they stay, I don't really know. That's the only.
0: Okay, I'm a, that yeah, age, yeah, anom- anomaly. I'm looking at at, th- at that age with Sam Kane and Ardi Surveyor, both booked in for another two years. Um, Hosking Satutu also booked in. Yeah, I can see Ethan Bakali going overseas. When you say he's that age, to be honest. Yep, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah ab- ab- absolutely. Uh, George Bauer, he turns uh, thirty this year. He'll be thirty two in in twenty twenty four. <laughs> so, uh, yep, yeah, I, I think I think I think he's I think he's I think he's gone. Yep. I think
0: he's gone as well. Justifying Luku.
3: Yeah, another another similar one to probably very, very similar to our friend uh um uh, Mr. Enor, you know, not a not a permanent starter, not a permanent starter in the All Blacks. Poor uh once again i'm just checking while we're doing this i'm just checking on his uh age as well i still think he's actually um i still think he's relative i still think he's relatively
0: young i've got to say yes he's 23 he'll be 25 years old i think he stays yep and also let's remember he's part of the all black he's part of the um not the all that's part of the uh, um canterbury crusaders they they, they tend to stay around longer um (laughs) than other than other franchises um Next up, then RTS. Roger tuivasa Boy. <laughs> that's a that's a that's
3: a, that's 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 a that's a tricky one. Um Twenty nine. He is currently. He's currently twenty nine. Oh, he, that's the, the one age that no, is one that no, never had I know. I I, I, th- I think he'll go offshore. I don't. I know, but I don't think he'll go back to the NRL. I, I, I okay. think you'll pick up. I think you'll see out his time with a Japanese contract overseas. It's my prediction.
0: I think he'll go back to NRL. I think mean, he will. I, I, I think he's come Ed across is. to play at the Rugby World Cup, um, unless he's. I think I don't think he's, I don't think he's come across to play Rugby Union per se. I think he's come over to be an All Black at the Rugby World Cup and to try and get a Rugby World Cup winners' medal. And um, he will go back to uh, back to back to NRL. Hmm. is my view.
3: TJ Piranara, Wow.
0: That's an, see, that's. I wouldn't be surprised to see him stay, but yeah. not be playing in the All Blacks. Yeah. Um, so, um, the uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he actually wants to go overseas.
3: Yeah, if, if you kind of it. yeah, if you kind of read between the lines, he's a very community, family orientated type of type of guy, and I just get the impression he's one of these blokes a little bit like Corey Jane probably wants to put something back into into the community and if he could probably um if he could probably do that and still play rugby I think you'll find that he'll stick around and I I, I agree with you I'll stay I'll be, be interested to keep this list Paul and we can check it out in about a year
0: <laughs> Yes, time to um, see I'll, how. I'll show you why we are I'll show you how we why we this. So I'm gonna put him in the staying list I'm putting you down the bottom there because I'm not I don't actually think he's staying to be an all black because I don't think he'll make that um, there is the option there is the, the outside chance that he will head over to um, NRL but last time he didn't go because of um, uh, what's the um, the uh, uh, I've gone blank now um, uh, because of the uh, insurance policies that if he got injured um, then he would the insurance policy would, would pay out as though he was a basically a rookie rather than as an experienced player um, so I was, I was going to say shall we just remove the
3: guys who we think We've got because I've probably got two or three on that list who I think will will definitely be be well, going. Happy. Start with Brad Brad Weber. There's already speculation that he's, he's gone to uh, Stade France, apparently. Yep, he's gone to Stade France. So I think we can basically put him as going. I think we can also put Nepo Lolala in that same same group as well you you know, very very ex- very experienced players sort of moved moved around a couple of uh Couple, couple of, couple of franchises, but the underlying thing, he will be thirty three years old in yep. uh, two thousand in in two thousand and four or two thousand and twenty four. Um, beg your pardon. So yeah, I'd say he's gone. He'd be on the move.
0: Yeah, um, I, th- I I can't see David Aveli sticking around, but I yep. could be wrong. Yep. He, he um, I think he's gone, um, but he, he could do a Mark and Matt Todd and stick around, and then. Um, Practically retire um, again uh, because of just staying in New Zealand, a bit like a TJ. But I, I don't I say I, I think he'll go overseas. Um, so right then, to so Aiden Ross.
3: Yeah, it's an it's it's an interesting one. This is a this is a guy who's who's he's forced his way into into into, into the All Blacks. You know, a complement of a of, of a couple of decent de- decent seasons in terms of age. He's uh 27, and interestingly enough, he was actually born in Sydney, Australia. I didn't know that. Didn't didn't know that, Paul. Um, he'll be uh 28 in October this year, which means he'll be 30. I would say there's another good chance he'll probably head offshore. To be honest,
0: no, oh, I'm going to say he's going to. I, I, um, if you think it's someone like Joe Moody's still around, I think Aiden Ross is. I think if he's 28 as a as a yeah. front row forward, he's um yeah, no, he's fine for for the next World Cup. See Robbie walk cups in him. Okay, no, no, we'll, we'll put it there, Paul. Um, Mark Talia.
3: yeah, real interesting for one for me. He had a, he, um, he had a very very good end of, end of, end of season tour. Did did Mark Talia. You know, showed showed that he didn't look out of place in in that particular company. I'd like to see a little bit more investment in 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 Mark Thalia. um I would hope that he hangs around. So I'm putting him in the
0: staying category. And uh, finally, Finley Christie. Now, if you think that uh, um, Aaron Smith is going, Brad Webb is going, TJ, we're saying, is out of the picture. I think Finley Christie is looking at this going, I've got a whole... I, I've, I'm, I'm looking at a, a 10 caps a year. I'm picking up 40 caps in the next in the next World Cup cycle. I'm sticking yeah. around. Yep,
3: yeah, twenty twenty seven, and he'll be... Uh, He'll be twenty twenty-nine and twenty-four. If he can if he can play consistently, he'll go to the uh, he'll go to the two thousand and twenty-seven World Cup at
0: whew, 32 thirty two, thirty thirty-two years old, you know. So hey. Yep. Yep. So I think he's sticking around and he's looking at something going, Hey, I i I'm, I could be a fifty cap or a seventy cap all black, which is which, which, considering where he was a year and a half ago, is blows my mind that that we're thinking that, that we're we're looking at this going, geez, uh, there's him and flafa Katava. Flavio Katava has not had the best injury record, um, and yeah, Finley Christie looks like he could be in and around that All Blacks environment for the next. Uh, uh, now, admittedly, there's a whole bunch of players. Like there's, there's two very good um, scrum halves at the Chiefs. Um, who could uh, who could come through in the next World Cup cycle? I'm not saying they're going to go to France, uh, but but I can see them going to America. Um, and there's other uh, there's um, Roy Guard down in um, down at the Hurricanes as well. So there's a good look. There are, there are a bunch of other good young scrum halves could come through and displace Finley Christie. But um, if you look at that list, he's the only um, kind of mature, older scrum half around left it left in New Zealand. Half um, of the Rugby World Cup, essentially, uh, to be part of the All Blacks, and so you'd have him in there, uh, even if it's just as a sort of mentoring, steadying influence. Um, even if he's not the first choice, so, uh, so yeah, so I can see him as even if he's so, uh, so I can so see him sticking around uh, and getting that role, and uh, New Zealand Rugby wanting him to stay around for that role. So there we go. Now, this is a spreadsheet that um, I have uh, deliberately. Um, nicked from uh, 2019. Because what we did in 2019, Stephen, you might remember, is we had our uh, airplane for the All Blacks, which we'll start filling in, um, which is who's on the airplane to the Rugby World Cup, who's at the airport, and who's waiting at home, and who can just go on holiday um, as we pick our um, 30, uh, uh, what is it, 36-man squad. Um, So, the, uh, so yeah, so we'll start picking that up. And I say this, hence yes, this spreadsheet will be around at the end of the year. the contracts tab also um what you can see in here is the 2019 games uh and the uh all of the uh the squads um so as we have games and squads um this year i will fill these in so we keep a track record of uh who um who plays in all of the games um this year um as well in the wrap to the rugby world cup so um this spreadsheet guys you'll be seeing on a regular basis this year and uh, yeah, Stephen, we will keep this. Um, uh, so we will have this, this spreadsheet at the end of the year and we'll be able to see who we uh, who yeah. doesn't who doesn't get re-signed. A couple a couple of the players, couple of players who went on that um, end of, end
3: of season uh, All Black tour and New Zealand Fifteen tours and stuff. Stuff magazine came out with a or stuff written article about some possible World Cup. World Cup bolters, and uh, of course Damien Damien McKenzie's uh, name came up, and it was probably maybe a name that we we overlooked. it's <laughs> He's oh, not on his list. <laughs> yeah, we probably that we never that we actually never stuck on that that list, and I'm I'm just wondering, boy, you know, if if we're if if it's more than likely that New Zealand rugby is going to may lose the likes of um, of uh, Bowden Barrett and Richie Moana. After, the, after this year's Rugby World Cup, boy, I reckon Damien McKenzie's a pretty handy sort of player that you'd like to think would, would, would stick around. Um, he, you know, I thought he had a very, very good MP season playing in that pivotal 1st five position, but also looked really, really good for the uh, New Zealand 15 on their, their two-game tour as well. Well,
0: how crazy is this then, OK? Heading post-Rugby World Cup, we have the possibility that Damien McKenzie is the most experienced all-black 10, with the most caps at 10 for the all-blacks, followed by Stephen Perifetta and Josh Iwani. Those, th- those are the only three capped um, first fives in New Zealand for the all-blacks um, post-ruby World Cup. That's that that's the situation we could be going into 2024 with, uh, with Josh Iwani with one cap, because um, it's not he's not... Um, Looking like adding to that this, this coming year, let's be honest, uh, as being like the third most experienced all, all, all black uh, number 10. That's um, wow. There is uh, whoever gets the job in 2024 has got a rebuilding effort to do. That is for certain, especially around that 9-10 combination, which, let's be honest, is a is is, is a key fulcrum for rugby. Um, the, uh, Aaron Smith seems to have been there for, year, for, for forever uh, with... Um, and sort of Bowden Barrett's been around for quite a long time now, uh, so yes, it's one of those things that uh, suddenly the All Blacks are going to be very inexperienced in that nine ten combination post uh, post World Cup. Well, so that's what's going to happen this year, folks. Um, Steve and I will start put together our aeroplane for the Rugby World Cup over the, uh, the over the next couple of weeks. Um, hopefully, we're going to get back into the swing of doing this on a weekly basis um, because uh, uh, it's it's it was. I just—I wasn't until I looked at looked and realised that we haven't done one since, since early December. And as I sat down here, it just it was like putting on an old coat. Sitting down in front of the computer, front of the camera, um, it was—it uh, it was a lovely feeling. Um, so um, thank you very much, Stephen, uh, for joining me. Uh, and we're going to have to get a way for you to signal for me to shut up and get your turn in. If you think you're not going to get, if you have to, if you think you're not going to get your turn in, I just—I um, just, just put my hand up. <laughs> Um, a couple of things in the live chat then. Uh, did we see Seaclete's side for us in ninety two in Paris? Yes, I did um, on that one. Um, and uh, the um, he's spending more time away from his family uh, when the, when he... Yes, look, Super Rugby. We, we had um, our oh, Wallabies captain went over and played for Harlequins. Um, this would have been after the Lions tour to Australia. So we're talking... still. Sl- 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 um wow ten years ago now um yes James Horwell I think James it was Hall, um was um wallaby's captain uh, and was was an the wallaby and suddenly he's like I'm off to I'm off to Europe and I'm off, I'm off to play in England and it was like what why? He said look in England um I will go and play an away game and I will be back home in my bed the same night. Super rugby I disappear for two weeks um or three weeks going to South Africa. I can't remember the colour of my front door. I mean, it's like <laughs> here's a guy and um, and so yeah see Khicia is saying look now that we're playing um in the um URC United States championship uh we go on tour to Europe for three to four weeks I don't see my family for two yeah. f- for, for, for that for those on the on, on those trips um so um yeah I, I can see why it's not and so like, uh, it's not about whinging um, about travel schedule Simon it's just it's about Realising it's a fact of life that um that some you, you just don't want to um travel that much. So I can see why he does. And uh, there was a discussion on Twitter around: should can the um Springboks have a captain who is not playing rugby in South Africa but is playing in Europe? What do you think, Stephen? You know they, they they're so
3: they so adjustable these these days. They, they, you know, to my to my way of thinking, they're all on the. Uh, over there, I think they're all on the track the, the same um, uh, tr- travel time, tra- sort sure of time zones. Time zone, yeah. If, if yeah, if if you know if you know what I mean, and um, you know, I think what South Africa have got a lot, and we'll discuss that in another show, is is a heck of a lot of depth uh, at the moment. I mean to say, boy, Sia Khaleesi, uh come the end of the season, could be viewed as one absolute legend. Could be a could be a Rugby World Cup captain that gets to hold that trophy. Uh, up, uh, not just once, but but twice, and and becomes a goat like another certain number seven that wore wore an all black jersey. So um, it's crazy. Total respect from the guy, but you know he's come out and he's and he's putting his priorities
0: first. So good on him. Oh look, fine, fine to go overseas, but I don't think you can stay as, as the rugby world. Cup, uh, sorry, as the Springboks captain playing overseas because it doesn't mean you can't attend all the training camps. It's just purely from a purely logistics point of view, you'll also miss games outside the window. Um, so you're not around the whole time. And you want your captain to be around the whole time so so yeah. can he still That's play true. for the Springboks? yes can he still, But can he be captain i don't think so it's nothing about him it's about the that logistics of living overseas uh, etc it's not a personal not a personal thing about him being uh, i think he could continue as captain and continue as a player but not if he's playing overseas um and the other thing he said oh yeah um by the way what is going on between with New Zealand rugby and altrad it's all gone very quiet, silent. New Zealand yeah. rugby is going to just try and not talk about it, um, and just take money. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all knew this was going on before they took the money. We all knew this was a, we all knew this was going to be an issue, but they took the money anyway. Um, yeah. So they're just going to stay, stay quiet and just let it blow over.
3: Yeah, Google. I was about to say to Chris Edwards, Bailey, Google the road runner with its head in the sand.
0: That's New Zealand rugby. <laughs> <laughs> right, cool folks, we've overrun again as we always do. Um, we'll try and be better this year, but who knows if we'll be able to. Thank you so much Stephen. It is an absolute joy and pleasure um, to have you uh, back on the show and talking to you again. Uh, thank you everybody who has joined us. Uh, look we've taken six to eight weeks off and you've all just been out, you've all just, just sunny there again um uh, I just yes, thank you. Um, it means a lot to me that you all are suddenly there. It's great to have you back and uh, and uh, it's great to be back. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, everybody. And uh, good night.
2: Selling a little or a lot?